Would you open God's precious holy word to Leviticus 2? The second of these offerings is the grain offering. King James calls it the meat offering. Meat in the 1611 English coming from the Hebrew word was a word that referenced all kinds of food. By the translation in those days, it, meat could be bread or, or meat or whatever. It's also called the meal offering. In some translations, it's called the cereal offering. But you don't want your kids to think that they can take whatever, frosty flakes or whatever, and offer that to the Lord. Probably the best translation is the grain offering. So when you see meal offering or meat offering, you'll know that it is a reference to what we call the grain offering. We'll look at it and then we'll draw some conclusions that are important to us. Remember, this all comes in chapter, from chapter 1 where God opens the pathway for man to, to establish, for, for a relationship to be established. God, of course, has to initiate this. So this all comes from God. This is, not, this is not Moses or anybody figuring out a good thing to do in order to come into the presence of Yahweh. This comes from God because God intends to establish a meaningful relationship with his people. It's always been that way. All of these things that we're studying are consummated in Christ. He's our burnt offering. He's our grain offering. He's our peace offering. He's our sin and our guilt and our trespass offerings. All of these things come together in Christ. Uh, regarding the Old Testament, he is our, he is our Sabbath. He is, he is he's all of the feasts and festivals, all of those things. Those come into Christ. And so Christ fulfills all of these things for us, but when we study them, of course, we see the mind of God and how God initiates this relationship and, and reveals the importance of holiness and separation and, uh, and purity. So now we come to this second of these five offerings, the grain offering. Well, let's read about it. First of all, the basic ingredient. If a person brings a grain offering to Yahweh, his offering shall be of fine flour. Now that word grain, I have it highlighted over here in the Hebrew. Uh, it's mincha. Uh, uh, it, uh, it's a word that actually is used in other parts of the Hebrew texts that references a, like a tribute to a king, paid to a king. We'll talk more about it as we go along. Here, it is seen as the grain offering. This is, a, uh, this is an offering uh, to a lordship, to a superior, to one who provides and protects the grain offering. 
If a person brings a grain offering to Yahweh, his offering shall be of fine flour. He shall pour, it's to be pure. He shall pour oil over it, place frankincense upon it. And he shall bring it to Aaron's descendants, the, the priesthood, the priests, the chanin. And from there, the priest shall scoop out his fistful of its fine flour and its oil in addition to frankincense. The priest then shall cause the memorial portion to go up and smoke on the altar. It is a fire offering with a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. This is the second of the three that offer a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. The first one did, the next one did, will, and the last two will not. We'll talk about those as we get there, but this is one that is a pleasing fragrance. Now, if you look up there, if a person, it doesn't say when a person or a person shall, it says if a person, it's a volunteer, it's a free will kind of, kind of an offering, which makes it even a more beautiful thing, especially in the sight of Yahweh. So he brings it to the priesthood. The priesthood, the priests do what is necessary and they separate a portion with frankincense uh, that is to be burned up. The memorial portion. Now that, that memorial portion is, uh, is an expression from the worshiper that says, I remember everything that you've ever done for your people. I'm worshiping in gratitude and I remember everything. Of course, the great, uh, the great memorial would be Passover and, and how he brought them out of, out of Egypt. But of course, in their history, he did many wonderful things for them. So this is just uh, to assure in this, in this act of worship, this is, this is an assurance from the worshiper to Yahweh. Uh, that, that there is a memorial in his heart for all that God has done. And what remains of the grain offering shall belong to Aaron and to his descendants. It is holy of holies from the fire offerings of Yahweh. So it's the portion that the priests can take for themselves. And uh, they, were, they were to contain themselves within the sanctuary whenever they participated in consuming this particular uh, offering, their part of the offering. Now, secondly, if the worshiper wanted to, he could cook his offering. It was bread. It was, it was, it was bread. Okay. And when they cook it, you'll see it's kind of like pancakes or wafers or something. And if one brings a grain offering baked in an oven, he sh it shall consist of either unleavened loaves made of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. Now, the beautiful thing here is you can give according to what you have. A poor person could worship. A rich person, anybody in between can worship. It is the heart of the worshiper that Yahweh is interested in, not how much he's giving. He gives according to what he can give, whoever the worshiper is. And if a grain offering on a pan is your sacrifice. If you want to make it cooked, it shall be made of fine flour mixed with oil and it shall be unleavened. Break it into pieces and you shall then pour oil over it. It is a grain offering. 
And if your sacrifice is a grain offering made in a deep pot, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. Thus you, you shall bring the grain offering which, you shall, uh, which shall be made from these types to Yahweh. And he shall bring it to the priest, that is the worshiper shall bring it to the priest. And he shall bring, the priest shall bring it close to the altar. And the priest shall lift out from the grain offering its, rem, its reminder, its memorial, uh, the, the remembrance of, 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 of Yahweh and his deeds for his people and cause it to go up and smoke on the altar. It is a fire offering with a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. What remains of the grain offering shall belong to Aaron and his descendants. It is holy of holies from the fire offerings of Yahweh. So if it's uncooked, a portion goes to the priesthood. If it's cooked, a portion goes to the priesthood. But either way, burning the offering and the smoke ascending is a pleasing fragrance because, of course, number one, it's a voluntary thing. Number two, it's a thing of dedication on behalf of the worshiper. But not the least, not in the least, it should be noted that it is a memorial. It's a reminder. Every time a, a, uh, a grain offering is offered. Now, three substances receive special attention. And these three substances have to be addressed by the worshiper when offering the grain offering. Those three substances are leaven, honey, and salt. No grain offering that you sacrifice to Yahweh shall be made out of anything that is leavened. For you shall not cause to go up and smoke any leavening or any honey as a fire offering to Yahweh. Now, honey was an important part of altar worship on behalf of pagans. Maybe that's why it's listed here. Another thing is that honey also could hasten fermentation when mixed with some of these things that are listed here. Of course, we know leaven, leaven's the whole lump. It, it's, um, it's, a, it's a type of sin. And honey also is typified in the same way that leaven is. Now look at verse 12. However, you shall bring them as a first fruit offering to Yahweh. Nevertheless, they shall not go up on the altar, they shall not go up on the altar as a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. Nothing like this. You can't, you can't include those forbidden things, but also you offer it as a, as a first fruit offering uh, to Yahweh. But this is an expression of dedication. This, this comes as a special act in behalf of the worshiper, acknowledging that sin has been separated. So this is a little different when it comes to the pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. And you shall salt every one of your grain offering sacrifices with salt, and you shall not omit the salt of your God's covenant from being placed upon your grain offerings. You shall offer salt on all of your sacrifices. 
Now, salt, of course, gives taste, but it also is a preservative. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. When you bring a grain offering of the first grains to Yahweh, you shall bring your first grain meal offering from barley as soon as it ripens, parched over the fire, kernels full in their husks, ground into coarse meal. Very careful instructions here. And you should put oil on it and place frankincense upon it. That's your grain offering. Then the priest shall cause the memorial portion to go up in smoke, taken from its coarse meal and from its oil with all its frankincense. It is a fire offering to Yahweh. Now, of course, this is in another time, in another economy, uh, in, in the, other t the Old Testament, the, under the Old Covenant. But we are constantly reminded in the New Testament that all of these things are fulfilled by Christ. So it's, it's, a, it's a worthy thing for us to study and seek to understand what is going on with the, the, the grain offering. Well, let's think of some, some things here. First of all, bringing the voluntary offering is an offering of gratitude. And it is a statement, the grain offering is a statement that the worshiper understands that Yahweh provides everything for us. One thing that is automatically expected of the people of God is thanksgiving. The giving of thanks, gratitude. In Romans chapter 1, when you read the decline of, of man as he spirals into heinous sin, you will see that the root of the whole thing was that man left off giving thanks to God. So he doesn't acknowledge God. He doesn't, he, he, when you get into that, when you get into that, uh, uh, that mindset, you, you have collapsed into humanism. There was a movie a long time ago called Shenandoah. Um, Jimmy, James Stewart starred in it. He would gather his family around and he didn't want to have anything to do with the Civil War. He would gather his family around. His wife had passed away, the beloved mother and wife. And so in keeping with her wishes, he, he offered a prayer before every meal. And his prayer reflects the way a lot of people feel. His prayer went something like this. Lord, we plowed the ground. Lord, we worked the ground and we planted the seeds and we tended to the crops as they grew. Lord, we stayed with those crops as they grew and Lord, we're the ones who went out and by the sweat of our brow, we harvested that crop. And we were the ones who brought the crops into the barn. But for this food, we thank you anyway. Amen. That was about like his prayer went, if you can remember the, the movie. Now, a lot of people feel that way, you know. 
It's just a thing that I'm supposed to do, God, to say thank you. But they don't have a, a genuine attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. In the case, this, this was something that uh, cost the worshiper something. And this is something that was an action. It wasn't just a thought. So to bring this grain offering was an expression of gratitude to Yahweh with the understanding that he provides everything and that without, without him we'd have nothing. Secondly, I told you that, uh, that uh, Hebrew word, it's mecha, uh, was an expression of allegiance. The word came to be translated as a grain offering. But it, it is also used as a word that means to pay a tribute. Especially to lesser kingdoms who paid tributes to greater kingdoms and kings. They paid a tribute. And that tribute was an expression of loyalty and allegiance. Well, this comes from the heart. This doesn't come from some sort of political arrangement between Israel and Yahweh. This, this, is, a, this is an act of worship from the heart. And the word that the Hebrews used to name the grain offering a grain offering is an expression from their hearts that he is their Lord and that he is their king and that he is the king and ruler of a great eternal kingdom. That was part of their worship in, the, in, in offering the grain offering. It was a first fruit offering. Now, a first fruit offering meant that they would bring the very first thing that came up and they, you saw how they did certain, they did certain things to the first fruit. But it was an expression of faith that the whole harvest was dedicated to Yahweh because the worshiper would not have his harvest if Yahweh hadn't provided it for him anyway. So in making it a first fruit offering, it is seen, the dedication of the worshiper is seen in the offering. We know by faith, I mean, how would you feel? You go out and there's, wake up one morning, there's a, a lot of your crops are coming in and you go out and just gather that right off. You're not going to use it for anything other than worship. That's, that's great faith. What if something happens and most of the rest of the crop is destroyed in some way? Doesn't matter. This is an act of faith, a great act of faith. And the act of faith was the expression of dedication that everything that follows this comes from you, Yahweh. The first thing that we see of it, we give to you, knowing that you will give us a greater abundance than just what is here in this first fruit. The grain offering also symbolizes their dedication. As I said earlier, this, this, was a, this, was a, this is a voluntary act of worship. This, this was not uh, a blood offering. It has no blood in it at all. This is an act of sincere worship. So this was, this was, this was a beautiful expression of personal dedication to Yahweh.
The gratitude of the people was more than just felt. It wasn't something they talked about. It was something they actually demonstrated. And remember, it was not an atonement. This is not an atonement. This is not a blood offering. This is worship. Giving is worship. Personal dedication. This is worship. In offering the grain offering according to the guidance and rules that Yahweh had given. There was also an expression in the worship that the worshiper would not allow corruption in his life. Leaven and honey, anything that spoils, ruins, destroys, any of that would not be allowed in his life. So this was part of his worship as well. That he stood before Yahweh with a pure heart and a pure life. And he would take care to disallow corruption in his life. That was in the leaven and the honey. But then he added salt to the offering. This was an expression that he knew that his covenant with his God would be affirmed by God and preserved. It's an expression saying, my fathers have been preserved by your power in their covenant. And I'm expressing to you that I will do all that I can do in my dedication to you to carry this covenant to the next generation. And I know that you will not forsake us in this covenant. Now that was symbolized by the salt. The preservation of the offering. Finally, it was given as a memorial. They remembered everything that God had done for them. Not just in their generation, but to their forefathers. But in the case of Leviticus, these people who were experiencing this very thing in the time that Moses wrote Leviticus, they personally had experienced the miracles of the exodus from, from Egypt. And so as a memorial, they would make sure that the wonderful story of God's power to deliver and to protect and to save would be taught to the next generation. So thus, it was an expression of a memorial. We will remember, we will never forget. We will always know. You see, it's not in every generation that God comes to his people as a pillar of fire or that God tells the leader to go and strike a rock and water comes out. It isn't in every generation where God affirms the leadership of his leader by telling him to cry out to the people, all who are on the Lord's side come to me and everybody else just gets swallowed up in the earth. We don't see that all the time. I've been preaching for 44 years I'm going to confess that in the flesh a couple of times I have asked for that hole to open up selectively, but God never did. However, too many things God has delivered me from and you, all of us, his people, too many promises. Of course, he keeps them. God never fails his people, regardless of how difficult the circumstances. So God's people have God's word and they remember 
what God has done. And this, this memorial can be applied to our generation. Just as surely as God has done those things for them in the way that they needed these things done for their deliverance, so God will do the same for us as it's needed by us. So finally then that, that, that offering was an offering for a memorial, the grain offering. Well, that's it. Let's pray and we'll be through for tonight. Father God in heaven, Lord, how beautiful your words are, how beautiful your instructions for your people and your promises to us as well. Father God in heaven, we know that Christ is all of these things for us. That with Christ in our hearts, all of these things have been accomplished. And they are part of who we are in Christ. So Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who died to save us, who lives to keep us, and who's coming again for us. And in his name we pray, amen. All right, thank you for being here tonight.